Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God bless you all. You may be seated. I forgot to announce also that May 17th being, or not May 17th, April 17th being uh, Easter, we uh, are going to be having an egg hunt for the children after service, and that part of that service is going to be an Easter parade. Ooh, Easter parade. We're going to let the kids come and show themselves off a little bit for us, uh, and it's a, a nice little time, and so I hope that you're anxious for Easter, the recognition and celebration of all that it is and all that it means. Today, I'd like to take us to the book of Psalms to begin. Psalm 91. And to begin, I just want to read one verse today, a verse that has a lot of uh, poetry in it and a lot of metaphor and and, uh, a deep and wonderful meaning for us. Psalm 91 and verse number 1, the Bible says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Today I'm going to speak from this thought, an open secret. Would you bow your heads and let's ask the Lord's blessing right now. Sweet and wonderful Lord, thank you again for this opportunity be in your presence and to be with your people. And God, we ask for your help right now. And I ask for your anointing. I ask for your touch. God, that you be upon me and that you be upon my mouth, every word I speak. And Lord, that you would touch every ear to receive something unique and special for them. Minister, O oh God, to every life here. I ask it in your sweet and wonderful name, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. An awful lot of sermons have been preached and a lot of lessons taught about the omnipresence of God. Omnipresence is not a word we use a lot. Omniscience, no. Uh, omnipotent, not a word we use a lot, but that prefix omni simply meaning all. What are we saying? That God is all present. He is everywhere. Psalmist wrote, if I made my bed in hell, or if I send it into the heavens, I, either way, I couldn't get away from you. You are everywhere. You're there before I get there. You're there after I leave. You are present in all places. And so, although these words are very beautiful, and though they are dripping with poetic metaphor, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. It does create a question in my mind that I wanted to maybe attempt to answer, maybe attempt to explore today, and that is, when did God get a secret place? He who dwells, he who makes his habitation, who resides, who parked his carcass in the secret place of the Most High. 
he will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Where, in fact, is this secret place of God's? When we read the story of Elijah at the famous contest on Mount Carmel, you know when he embarrasses everybody, embarrasses Ahab, embarrasses Jezebel, embarrasses the hundreds of prophets of Baal who are uh, attempting to get the attention of the god Baal, and they grab stones and begin to cut themselves to get the attention of Baal. And, and Elijah's in the corner saying, you know, cry a little louder. He can't hear you. Uh, perhaps he's gone on vacation. Now, that is funny, but it's literally what Elijah says. He's taken a nap. Wake him up. He's gone on a long journey. He can't hear you. And so this great contrast is, is orchestrated through that, that demonstration that Baal, being no God at all, cannot hear us. But God, being ever-present and omnipotent and all-knowing, can hear us, knows where we are, is there with us, and is able to save us by many or by few, is able to do exceeding abundantly above what we ask or even think. I wonder if I have a witness about that today, that you serve a God, you know you serve a God that has all power, for he is the first and he is the last. He is uh, the Alpha and the Omega. He is the one which was and is and is to come. He is the lily of the valley and he is the bright and morning star. He is all in all. He is the Almighty. He's everything. You serve a God that uh, did not take raw material and make uh, the cosmos, but he simply spoke out into the nothingness, into the void, into the emptiness, and he said, let there be light. And there was light. Let there be a firmament above and below. Let there be life in the sea and let there be life on the land. And really the only time he took raw material was the material he had already called into existence, and then he formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into man the breath of life. Is he powerful? Oh, yeah, he's powerful. Oh, yes, he's all-powerful, which is an idea and a concept that really infinite or, or rather finite man can't capture in totality the idea of all power. He is all-powerful. And in his character of all-powerfulness, that means he is everywhere and can be everywhere. Ever-present. Present everywhere. So where can there be a secret place? Well, folks, I don't, I don't think God needs to hide from anything. I don't think God needs to run away from any conflict. You know, we have millions of displaced refugees right now. In, in Europe, in Eastern Europe, millions. I think the last figure I heard was 10 plus million displaced people, uh, although not all of them have gone into other countries, that in the country itself, they 10 million, that's our entire state, you know, about. Just all of a sudden, no home or in a different home, in a different place. They're running from trouble, running from the unknown, running because they're afraid to, for their lives. I don't think God is afraid for his life. 
I don't think God is worried about tomorrow. I think God holds tomorrow. I think he knows the end from the beginning. I think he's got all power and and, and he's not afraid of anything that we can do to him, certainly. I don't think he's afraid of anything that the devil is going to try to do. What? Kill him? Been there? Done that? Bought the t-shirt? Got up and kicked his rear end anyway? He's not afraid of anything. What is this secret place of the Most High? Who are the ones who need a secret place? It's you and I that need refuge. It's you and I that are running scared. It's you and I that don't know tomorrow and don't have the answers. It's you and I that need help and need healing. It's you and I that need, that need uh, uh, blessings. It's you and I that need increase. It's you and I that need depth in his spirit and depth in his power and revelation of his word and revelation of his character. It's you and I that need a secret place and a refuge to turn away from the rest of the world, to turn off the rest of the world, to escape the onslaught of the enemy. Do I have a witness right now of anyone who's ever been under spiritual attack or physical attack or emotional attack or absolutely overwhelmed by all the things of this earth and you need a a place to run into run into the lord run into the lord run into the lord he is a high tower and he is a safe place he is a refuge in times of trouble it's you and i that need this secret place. The book of John, this unique gospel, in chapter 10, Jesus speaking, he is attempting to unfold a little bit of mystery about himself, not only to his disciples, but to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, to all that are around. He begins to paint a new picture, a new metaphor for them. There are, I think, seven I am statements in the book of John to reveal who Christ is, and we find one here. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Right? We've got the metaphor of a door. We've got the metaphor of a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. We've got the sheep and we've got the shepherd. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and now we've got a doorkeeper. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they, they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of the strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things he spoke to them. And Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me, they are the thieves and they are the robbers. And the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, to destroy. I have come that they may have life, 
that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. This wonderful little metaphor Jesus gives about the flock of sheep, the shepherd, the door and the doorkeeper, he explains perfectly well, very simply, that he is what? I am the good shepherd, and I am the door. And although he doesn't specifically say it, I'll go ahead and say he is the doorkeeper as well. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. You are the sheep, and you hear my voice. If you need pasture, if you need food, if you need sustenance, if you need comfort, if you need healing, if you need sustenance for your soul, I am the door. And if you come unto me, you will come in and go out, and you'll find pasture. I want to say to someone, I think I know this open secret of the Lord. It's really no secret place at all. It's a secret if you haven't heard his voice. It's a secret if you've never been introduced to him. He is the door. He is the secret place. He is the one that we run into where the righteous can be held in safe regard, where the righteous can be protected from harm. He is the secret place that you need when you are overwhelmed. Anyone here ever been overwhelmed? Anyone here ever been kicked around? Anyone here ever been chased by demons? Anyone here... No, I mean literally chased by demons. Well, you didn't see their, their, their corporal form, but, but you knew that they were on your tail. You knew that they were after you, whether through temptation or whether through the words of another place. And you cried out, oh, Lord, if I could just have a place, if I could just have a respite, if I could just get away from this world, if I could just unplug from all this, I want to tell someone, Jesus is a secret place, a mighty fortress you can run into. He is the door. Come unto him hear his voice he is the shepherd he'll open it up for you and protect you and guide you and nourish your soul a secret place but an open secret for now you know if you didn't he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty Secret place. Think about that a little deeper in the next clause, that we will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, if you think about a secret place, uh, you might easily think about a dark place. You might easily think about a, a place that's private, that's not well lit, that's a hiding place. But he says that you'll abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In other words, there's light to cast a shadow. There's brilliance, illumination that casts a shadow. You know, when you read about heaven in the book of Revelation, the Bible says there's no sun there, there's no stars there to light the way. There's no lamps there to light the way. It says the Lamb is the light. And it shines forth so bright that... that all can see, the whole city can see. So not only is Jesus that good shepherd, not only is he the door, he is the light that shines, that lights your way so you know where to go. And he even can be the light and the shadow. I am the light of the world. And you will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It's good to have a good hiding place. 
It's good to have a prayer closet, a place that you could escape to. You know, we had family game night on Friday and played a game of sardines. And, and uh, Sarah, I, and Parker were very bad at sardines. We walked right in front of the hiding place, but I don't know if it was because I didn't care enough, if my back hurt and didn't want to bend down. I just didn't want to really get close enough to the back of the couch to find out if there was anyone there. There was like seven or eight people back there. They were really good at being quiet. It wasn't even that great a hiding place, but it worked. Never did find them. Even Parker's shoes lightened the place up, his little... Every step, I still didn't find him. Oh, well. It's good to have a hiding place for hide-and-seek. You know, there's a lot of variations of hide-and-seek. I just remember a little bit of what uh, we did as a kid around here when you would yell out, Ollie, Ollie, oxen free. Anybody remember that? But I feel like we didn't say oxen. It's, it's what it's said. But I, for some reason, we said oughten, oughten, oxen. It's a bunch of nonsense anyway. You had to get to base. That's the way we played it. You know, if you were hiding and the other person was looking, if you got to base, you would just shout out, Ollie, Ollie, oxen free! My hiding place worked, and the person who was it had to get back to base and say, one, two, three, on whomever. And they were out. They lost. And so you learned to value a good hiding place in games. But personally, you need a good hiding place, don't you? place where no one else can bother you. And that's harder and harder with cell phones unless you just turn it off or leave it behind. You know, your family needs a hiding place. You might need it personally, but, but your kids need a hiding place too. They need a place that they know is safe. They need a place that they know they can escape and, and feel comforted by you, your voice, and the voice of God. A refuge. Song says, God is my refuge and strength where I'll be safe in the time of trouble. And folks, trouble does come. As I, of course, I announced to you today about IBC Corral coming, I, in the last couple of weeks, been thinking a little bit more because of that about my days at Bible school, the same Bible school. And it is, um, it is a unique world. All college, I'm not trying to devalue any college, but all college is a pseudo world. It's a fake world. It's a temporary and very fake world. And, and that's just maybe the nature of it. But having been to both secular and to Bible school, I would say Bible school all the more so is a very pseudo world. You know, we have uh, church every week, and, and as the leadership, as the ministry, you want church to be good. You want it to be energetic. You want people to leave uh, uh, on a high. And, and folks, if you like that, if you want that, go to Bible school. Every service. And boy, do we ever have church. We have church five times a week at least. You have it twice on Sunday. You have the midweek of the church that's uh, in charge of it. You have uh, chapel about two or three times a week in the midst of the day. You are church on church on church on church. And I mean, your spirituality is basically measured in high, how high you can jump while the music is going. It is supercharged 
with an older teenage emotion and slash spirituality. It's like going to the rock concert for Jesus. It is loud and it is full of energy. And you would think in such a place where people are going to church five, six times a week and where, oh man, the spirituality, oh, we're weeping uh, 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 for five minutes and then we're jumping and knocking the ceiling tile out because we're so excited. We're knocking them out of the ceiling and we're just, we're going crazy because we're so full up of the Lord. You know, you would think that no one would backslide from such a place. You would think that having such an experience would maintain and sustain you for a very long time. But I'll tell you, that's not the truth. I'll tell you, there's a lot of young people that go to Bible school who have never found a secret place with God. I tell you, they have never found a place that where they know how to pray, that when life, uh, the temperature of life gets turned up, the hardship of life starts really kicking in. They have no idea how to grab a hold of the thorns of the altar. They have no idea where to find God. They are looking and they're trying to find him, but they don't know his voice. They don't know that he's the door. They don't know how to find him. That secret place, that open secret. I went to Bible school with people that before I was even 30, amazing things happened. Before I even graduated, well, I didn't graduate. Before I left Bible school, one of them was institutionalized, went to a madhouse. Another went to prison for robbing a bank. One never found enough voices that they could trust, didn't find people to confide in, had no secret place with God, and hung herself with her own belt in the shower of a hospital. Many since have left the faith. Some have died from cancer, though that's no judgment on spirituality. But it doesn't take long for life to run you over once you have left the fake world of college. And it's amazing how some had such enthusiasm, such energy, such seeming spirituality leave the faith go into all kinds of craziness, all kinds of weird messages, all kinds of weird beliefs, all kinds of things that are not found in the Bible. But I don't tell you that to depress you or to make you think it's all bad because there are still many others who come out of Bible school. They plant churches where no one else would go. They become missionaries all around the planet. They become the next generation of teachers in Sunday school, in, in Bible schools. They write songs that we sing today. They become entrepreneurs, as it were, in the gospel and open up the power of the Internet to spread the gospel in new and inventive and exciting ways. And while, you know, life has kicked them around a little bit too, the difference is they know where to find the Lord. They are 
familiar and comfortable with the door. They know the voice of the shepherd. I know that open secret, Lord, call unto me and I'll go. If no one else will go, send me, I am here. I know that secret place and I know it's security. I know it's safety. I know I cannot escape you for you are all about me and you are all powerful. And so I will call on the name of the Lord. You are that secret place of the most high and you'll hide me under your shadow. It's easy to seem, it's easy to, to feel like we are alone in this world, like no one understands where we are, that no one has had it as bad as we had. That in short, we're just alone. Elijah felt that same way in the same story I was describing after he defeated and mocked the, the prophets of Baal and even at the end of the day killed them, slew them for their sacrilege and for their blasphemy against the true God of Israel. Queen Jezebel, when she found out the news, said, oh, I am going to kill that man. Now, there's a more poetic way that the Bible writes it, but that's the long and the short. I'm going to kill that man tomorrow. In 24 hours, this deal will be done. Elijah gets so overwhelmed, so scared, so frightened, he runs into the wilderness, pours his heart out to God, I'm no better off than I was before. I'm no better off than my father's. Lord, just take my life now. You know, it's amazing how God can provide a a hiding place for you, but he can provide a different place for you. He can provide a a hiding place uh, uh, for the moms, and he can provide a different hiding place for the children and a different place for the dads. And Build a world of protection around you for whatever you really need. Elijah didn't know it, but God had been saving his own prophets. hundred of them hid in a cave by a man, Obadiah. Obadiah would bring them food and water so that they could survive. Kept them, hid them, safe. He didn't know it, but the Lord was working in people's hearts the whole time. And at his desperate, desperate end of his fast... He speaks to Elijah and says, I have saved me 7,000 souls in this nation that have never bowed to Baal, that have never given their hearts. These people had a hiding place. Can I just ask, where, where exactly is your heart tuned into in this life? In what direction is it going? Do you know the voice of the Lord? Do you hear him when he calls? Do you identify when he calls your name? Do you know that secret place where he nurtures and nourishes you? It's not really a secret. It's an open secret. It's him. It's him. It's him. song we used to sing says I have found a hiding place I I have found a hiding place I found a sacred place Where I can go 
and seek his face. Troubles will fade away, and my heart will be renewed again. I found a hiding place, a secret place with him. The answer that you need, folks, is not in the world. All that's in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. All that you need is not found in a bank account. All that you need is not found at the end of a, 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 a degree, an education, a this, a that. What you need is found through the door that is Jesus Christ. What you need is found through the voice of that good shepherd, that true shepherd, that bread of life and that light of the world. Someone hear me right now. What you need is not found in, in, in the open places of this world. What you need is found in the secret place of the Most High. If you can get there, you'll abide under the shadow, the protection, the calm, and the cool of the Almighty. I want you to stand today. I have found a hiding place. I found a sacred place where I can go and seek his face. Troubles will fade away, and my heart will be renewed again. I found a hiding place, a secret place with him as we continue to sing and play we open this altar today some of you might be carrying heavy burdens some of you might be carrying light burdens some of you have been carrying perhaps burdens for an awful long time and though they seem light you're weary of them I want someone to hear the voice of the good shepherd to step through the door and to find this open secret. Cast your cares on Him because He cares for you. If you feel the call of the Lord, step forward now. Let's fill this altar and let's spend a moment with Jesus together. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
together could we raise our hands and love the Lord love him that he is a strong tower that you can run into and be safe love him and thank him that he is a secret place a place of restitution a place of peace and tranquility hear his voice church hear his voice as he calls come in unto me I am the door go in and out through me and find pasture So good as always to be with you. We trust that something has been said or a song has been sung that touched your heart, blessed you for the week to come. Lord, touch your people. Watch over them as they go. Be with them every day. Help them, O oh God, with every conversation, every conflict that comes their way. Be their God as they are your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you are dismissed in the name of the Lord.